0: What's up, sister girls, and welcome back to another episode of the Bougie Black Girls Podcast, your favorite place for Sunday brunch with your favorite sister girl, Nikki G, right here. Stay tuned because I have so much for you guys in the next 30 minutes. You will not believe it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, okay? I'm ready. But now, we're going to get into this uh, social circle topic because I've been waiting to talk about this all week, okay? Abducted in plain sight. Y'all saw that? I know y'all saw that. I know y'all saw it. It's Abducted in Plain Sight. is a documentary on Netflix about a young girl that was kidnapped, not once, but twice. Okay? She was kidnapped twice. Let me tell you how her parents are the world's worst parents of the year. Okay? I'm going to read you guys a couple um, sentences from this Atlantic post. This was in an article printed after the, uh, the documentary was aired on Netflix. It says, the new, the new Netflix documentary, Abducted in Plain Sight, is bewildering, an account of one girl's kidnapping by family friends. Uh, the man that kidnapped her, his name was Robert Birchtold, okay. I was about to say something, but you know what? I'm not going to speak a little of the dead because my mama raised me better than that, but mm, okay, only a sick man, only a sick man can do what he did. So if you watch the documentary, you know that he was a close friend of the family. They met at church and uh, the mother just thought that he was a very nice young man, had a wife and kids around the same age as their family's kids, and so they kind of just merged their families as friends and let the kids hang out with each other, the parents hang out with each other, they just, you know, have really fond memories of the beginning of the relationship. Um, apparently, Mr. Burstold took a very strong liking to this family's oldest daughter, uh, let me think, her name was Jan. He took a very strong liking to her, and they just assumed that he just, you know, thought she was a really sweet girl. Um, so, anywho, one day, I think they said that he wanted to take her, he wanted to take her horseback riding, pick her up after piano lessons, and take her horseback riding or something along those lines. And the mother was like, "Okay, now mind you, because that's that's." regular. That's fine. But we're going to give you some backstory real quick for the people that didn't watch it. Okay. At this point, he's already done some strange things. There's been some strange behavior. Now the church has already confronted him about his likeliness to little girls, how close he's becoming to these little girls. And they told him that he needs to see there a therapist. He needs to go to therapy. Now, I don't know where he got this therapist from. But I need to see some credentials because sis tried it. Like, what were you telling? I think it was a guy, so not sis. But oh dude tried it regardless, okay? He will tell this man that he needs to go lay next to an adolescent child three nights out of the week. Three nights out of the week he needs to lay next to an adolescent child to get himself over this. Whatever. And then they're going to say that at that time frame, they had never heard of the word pedophile. It wasn't talked about. They live in a neighborhood where they kept their doors unlocked. Like, that's just going to justify everything. I don't. I'm not buying it. Just no. That's cute, but no. So, anywho, the church recommends him to therapy. The therapist tells him to lay with the daughter. He goes to the, uh, I forgot their last name, but he goes to the family's home. Brobergs, he goes to their home. He says, my therapist said that I need to lay next to a young child. Can I lay in bed with Jan three nights out of the week? And you know what these motherfuckers told him? These motherfuckers said, that's cool. I guess it's okay. We were a little uncomfortable with it, but it, I mean, it was his doctor's idea. So we said, okay, like y'all on crack. So y'all on crack. So everybody in the house on crack. Every adult in the room is on crack. That's just the only way that I can see it because I really do not understand how you can let a grown man lay in the bed with your, I think she was eight or nine year old child for three nights a week for any night. In a week, for one night in a lifetime, <laughs> like don't lay next to my kid. I just don't understand. I would love to hear um, some some feedback from people with young children about how they feel about this because I don't have any kids, so I can only say how I feel as someone that can only imagine how I would feel with kids. But I would love to know what someone with some kids would how they would have reacted because. I think I might've knocked him out right then off, off that one sentence. Like you got me fucked up because I don't know in what world you think that's okay. And I want to know who told you that because they also got me fucked up and now I got to go square up with him. Like, I just don't understand how that could, I really don't understand how this could have happened. I just don't. It's very, um, it's old, it's old news. It happened a long time ago. But I guess because it's just now being publicized on Netflix, they've had other books and small documentaries put out about this story that, I guess, have not reached the masses. And this is the first time that it was able to reach the masses. And y'all, the feedback that this story is getting is, like, outrageous. (laughs) People are pissed. And I don't blame them because this story just makes me so upset, like, bothered. And like and get this the whole family the whole family was messing with Odoo, okay? So the husband um had a situation uh what did they say that he performed masturbation on mister uh what's his name Birch birch Birchold that he, he masturbated him in a car. There could have been more to that story, but, oh, dude, not want to talk about it, of course. The wife had a whole eight-month-long affair with this man. And get this. This is after he kidnapped her daughter. After. Like, what are you on, lady? I just, I really can't understand this. I really need somebody to come and play devil's advocate so I can feel like I don't have to square up with these people every time I see them. On the street because right now the level of anger is real and I feel so bad for this young girl at this point she's a grown woman she's probably old enough to be my mom I don't know but she really wants to defend her parents she really wants to make them feel better about the situation and she really wants us to I guess stop talking bad about her parents but the reality of the situation is this: your parents was dumb your parents were stupid your parents was foolish and some they i really think that not only should the rapist have some sort of um i mean of course he's passed and it's i think he served 10 days in jail like we ain't, we ain't even gonna talk about that but like the parents themselves really really should have been looked at more carefully because they there was an FBI not FBI there was an officer that was on the case at the time frame and even he says in the documentary that he questions some of the actions of the family after the first kidnapping and i just feel like at that point why didn't you as an officer of the law step in and say you know what maybe i need to take this child out of this situation i just i think that to allow her to be in a situation where she was manipulated and raped for years y'all not not like a couple months years she was manipulated and raped and mind fucked really from the age of 12 to the age of 16 that's way too damn long y'all she didn't even come out to her parents and say that she was raped until after she turned 16 and mind you what parent would have would not think that she probably was you know if you're kidnapped at 12 years old and an adult man is the kidnapper, I'm going to assume that you've molested my child in some kind of a way, regardless of what is said. You touch my kid, you either got to die or you got to go to jail, one of them too, because you can't tell me that you didn't take my child and not do nothing. Why did you take her? Why why did you take her then? So I'm just, I'm not sold. I'm not sold whatsoever. Um, I think when they did a rape kit on... Jan, that they said that she wasn't raped, but she says in the documentary that he would only put his penis in her up to two inches no more, and that because her hymen wasn't broken, she was not sexually assaulted at all. Let that sink in, y'all, because I just got mad all over again. (laughs) Like, y'all, I really, I just don't understand. I just don't understand, and I and. Mm. I've read so much about it ever since I saw the documentary. I've told people to watch it. I've posted it on my Facebook, my Instagram. Everybody needs to watch this, and I need somebody to tell me how they feel because this never, ever, ever needs to happen again in life. I don't think it ever would. I think our technology is more advanced at this point, but never, never. A child should not stay in a home that long. A child should not stay in a home that long by night. You know when you get uh, uh, pulled over, and the cop tells you, like you say, oh I didn't know. And the cop tells you ignorance of the law is not an excuse. Why was that not the same, you know? Why was that not the the same thing used in this situation? Like, oh I didn't know that we had pedophiles. So that makes it okay for you to hang your child over to one? No. Disagree. You need to be smarter, wiser. Or you shouldn't have, you know. Oh, God, that's what I was meaning to tell you guys. They let this girl be with this man for three days before they even considered calling the police. All because his wife comes over and says, please don't call the police. They're probably just, you know, we don't want to fuss. They're probably just broken down on the side of the road or something. Don't call the police just yet. Sis, you and your husband can go to jail. All y'all. Where's my child, okay? I'd have been heading down the same route they took, trying to find a car, trying to find a smoke signal, trying to find a Morse code, something. Because I really don't understand. And I know I've said that a couple times in the podcast. I just really and truly do not understand. All right, y'all. So today's podcast is simply all about yours truly. I mean, I just realized that I put out two whole episodes and haven't told you who I am. It's crazy because like i can't believe i've done this so i went from dreaming about a podcast thinking about a podcast for almost a whole year to like all of a sudden doing one so i felt like i needed to go straight into what i wanted to talk about and straight into everything that i wanted this podcast to become and i didn't even think about the fact that no one knows who i am who i am (laughs) so first and foremost i'm your host guys my name is nikki and what else can i tell you about myself i'm 24 years old 25 in march (laughs) i'm so excited uh this next year is just it's so much happening so many great things happening for me that i don't even know like how to even break it down to you guys but for the simple background information about me i was an art student in um, college i'd only went for a year only because, you know, Sally Mae and all her issues. So, my dream was always to get into art and just finding different ways to express myself. I'm a very expressive person and I love expressing myself. A lot of my friends call me a hippie. I don't care. I take that title. Um I just I I love the idea of spreading your own art to the world and this podcast has become my little baby my little form of art to give to all of you so i'm really excited about it um i let me think i'm an aries born march 22nd um originally my family's originally from new york we live in atlanta now and i honestly love both places i call both places home so If you catch me in Atlanta, don't be afraid to say "What's up, sister?" Because I will speak. I'm not bougie like y'all. I'm bougie, but I'm not bougie. But that's the whole point of the podcast is to show the other side of being bougie. Um, What else can I say? I wanted to talk about on this podcast my stance on a lot of political um, topics, a lot of cultural topics, and honestly, just talk about my personal experiences with them. So as I did tell you guys in the last podcast, I am a bisexual black woman and that comes with its own um, issues. (laughs) It's the only way I can word it, issues in life. And so I wanted to kind of reach out and find the people that deal with those similar issues. Also, I have anxiety, I have um, ADD, and I wanted to reach out to those people. If you're out there and you suffer from those same um, problems, those same ailments, reach out. Let's talk because I really would like to do another episode solely based on um, mental health because I really do feel like it's a very big deal in um, today's society. so much going on, so many Deaths and suicides and things related to mental health that just hurt my heart and um, I feel like that's one of my life purposes to just um, to use my own experiences and use my own voice to really reach out to those people and uh, try to make a change. That's why the topic or the about me for the podcast is just a couple girls using their voice to change the world because that's all I've, all I really want to do. It's just run my mouth, and hopefully change some lives in the process. <laughs> so that's that's my background. And with this um, episode, I just really wanted to try to connect to you guys. So I, I really I hope you appreciate me talking about me. It's really difficult to talk about yourself. I don't know if other people have this issue. But with me, it's really hard to just talk about myself. I won't do it the whole episode because I feel like that's overkill, of course. But for this couple of minutes that I'm going give to it, give it, I'm actually finding myself struggling. And the thing about this podcast, you guys, is these podcasts are real and raw. We don't edit much out of the episodes. We give it to you straight, no chaser. I mean, we want you to really know who we are and who our guests are, because, I mean, without that rawness, the whole idea of the podcast just isn't you know i wanted it to be very raw and real so i'm trying to work my way through these difficulties that i have with recording because it's it is really hard to listen to yourself back um but yeah uh back to talking about me it's hard. So if you're one of those people out there that find it difficult to just give yourself praise or I don't know, maybe it's a insecurity of mine or insecurity of uh, what I, who I am and what I do um, that makes it hard. I'm not sure. I haven't quite figured it out. But it does seem to make it hard and unless I'm really passionate about the subject that I'm talking about, it does kind of make it difficult. I know that I need to do um, better at just praising myself and praising the people around me. I think that in my mind I praise myself a little bit and I also praise the people around me a, a lot, like way, probably way too much in my head. And then in reality, I'm like probably fine-tuning every little thing with myself and others. I, I look at other people and I'm like, "Oh, you probably could do this a little better." You probably could do. It. But it's more because that's how I'm looking back at myself, and um, I'm learning that you know I gotta give myself and others some slack. You know, we're not perfect. We're not perfect people. We're just out here living in the same world and um, hoping for the best. Uh, So yeah i'm gonna try to do that so let me give you guys five things about myself that i think are awesome give me a second to pause okay first thing y'all sorry my cat (laughs) all right but first thing i think that i am extremely driven i think that when it comes to my dreams and my goals in the long run i stay very focused to those dreams and those goals i mean if you give me a task that I feel will benefit me in the future, I'm like gung-ho for it. Like, oh, okay, that's what we got to do. This is what I got to do, dot, dot, dot. Let's get it. So driven, definitely uh, um, a positive of mine. I would also say that um, I'm very free-spirited. And, I'll, and it's hard for me to, eat. I want to say that that's a positive, but I also find a lot of negatives in my life um, because I'm very free-spirited. And a lot of people don't know how to take that, especially because a lot of the things that I love to do and a lot of the things that I um, a lot of the ways that I think are not very accepted to others. So um, I, I think it's a positive because I do feel like with evolution, you have to be a little open minded about things in order to evolve. You have to broaden your perspective in order to become a new and better version of yourself. And if you don't, you become stagnant. And I definitely feel like um, being stagnant is, is probably the worst position to be. Um, Lynn Richardson, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of her, but she's amazing. Thank you, Lynn. <laughs> she's one of the most um, intelligent black woman, women I've ever encountered in my entire life. I adore her, and she once said that um, your comfort zone should be uncomfortable. You should never get into a spot where you are just living the life so comfortable that you don't feel the point of moving. That is a very unsafe space to be in, and uh, I don't think that I've ever had that moment. I don't think I've ever been in a space and been like, I'm good here. I've never felt that. I've always felt like, mm but I could have more, (laughs) you know? Like I could do a little better. I could make a little more money. I could be a little more creative. I could be a little more talkative. Like I just always thought that I could do a little something more. And because of that, I've always done a little something more and I've found myself in better and better and better positions because of it. So I do feel like the free-spirited mindset is actually a good thing that can sometimes be looked upon as a bad thing. And I'm working on training my own mind to make it more of a good thing. Um, Let's see. Uh, So what was that, two? Hmm. The third thing I think would be my love for my own culture and community. You know, I think that black people are the most beautiful things on the planet, okay? And I'm not just talking about looks, But we got that too. So don't, you know, don't get me uh, confused here. We definitely got the looks. But but even when it comes to our minds and our culture, we are just so well-rounded of a community. And I'm one of those people that I just, I'm like Issa Rae, okay? I'm rooting for everybody black, right? Like, our people are beautiful and amazing, and I believe that we should be putting each other on. Okay, so not only in in um, our personal day-to-day lives, like walking down the street and saying like, "Hey, girl, you cute, you look good, I support you," whatever. But I'm talking about like down to if you have a friend that's running a business, uh and you know African-American friend that's running their business, support your black friend, okay, because they have enough going against them, and I'm not saying not to support your non-black friends, but when it comes to your black friends, we off-rip have a lot going against us, okay, so reach out, show support to your friends, get get with them, uh, share minds, pick their brains, let them pick yours, and find a way for you guys to grow together, I mean, the world is too big for us to be hoarding our thoughts because, like, Honestly, if we share with each other, we could rule the world and I truly and truly believe that So I feel like that's another big quality of mine is I honestly just feel like we all we all can win All of us me you her he she we all can win in this world And if you feel like you're one of those people and a man's trying to keep you down, honey honey, it's 2019 honey, okay, the man is not keeping you down You keeping yourself down. We as a community are keeping us down. So reach out, grab your friend, help them to the top, okay? And they're going to help you. And mm, I could go on and on about that all day. But alas, I'm off my soapbox. All right, number four. I think that I am becoming very family-oriented, and I do find that to be a positive asset of mine um because your family keep you grounded your family keeps you in a in a level of sanity that i don't think anyone else can and um your family doesn't have to just be your blood your family can be the people you grew up with the people that you've taken on over time that have truly supported you um, anybody that just really has your back that's your family and i'm becoming very very close to the idea of keeping those people near and dear to my heart and no matter what happens just making sure that like I have those people that I feel like I can fall back on if anything were to happen because like I said you can't do this stuff alone it, it takes a community um, takes a village they say so um, family oriented uh, what else did I say in the culture. <laughs> um, free-spirited, driven, I guess I can say that I'm somewhat well-articulated. I I don't know, because sometimes I feel like, sometimes I feel like I really, really am, and then sometimes I'm like, what did I just say? Like, I can get really tongue-tied really quickly, Uh, (laughs) and ADD, y'all, so I lose track of my thoughts like it's nothing, okay? When I'm at work, I'm always like, you know, I have the memory of a fish. Sorry, <laughs> because it's just I lose track so, so, so quick. Um, like I just lost track, <laughs> just completely lost track of my thoughts. Yeah. So I definitely think that to an extent I'm well articulated and I'm also growing. So I'm learning how to speak Better how uh, to better articulate myself, better communicate. I'm not the greatest at it, but I do feel like for my age, and um, for what I have going on, and being that I don't have a college degree, you know, I think I do pretty well. Um, and I also keep myself surrounded by people that I think can teach me some things. So that's something that I do to keep myself as uh, well articulate as I as I am today and more so in the future Um, that's that's probably one of my big positives also I'm an open book so that's probably number five I am an open book anything you ask me I will answer I'm really not one of those people that want to keep everything to myself I know that they have this like saying in the african-american community that's like uh, keep it at home or you know where what happens in the house stays in the house I'm not like that. Okay. I don't really, I don't really agree with that one right there. Cause like, I feel like sometimes if you share your story, you don't know who you can save. You don't know who you can help, or you don't know who can help you. That's the most important part. Speaking, what do they say? A closed mouth does not get fed. Okay. So you got to open it. You got to open it. You got to share your story. You got to let people know what's going on in your life. Like I will, my, my boyfriend gets so mad when I do this, but I will tell somebody about my mental disorders in a heartbeat, okay? In a heartbeat. Like, let me be forgetting to do something at work. Like, I'm sorry, y'all got ADD. Y'all know how that go. I did take my Adderall this morning. Let it be known because like, why not? Like, what are, what are they really gonna do? What are they really gonna say? And at the end of the day, you never know. Like, what if the person that I was working with finds out I have ADD, they have ADD too, what if they have some tips and stuff to help me through my day that don't require medication, like you never know, and so because of that, I'm always out telling my story, talking to people, talking to whomever I come across, Um, I know you guys realized in my last podcast, I actually came out on the podcast, and the reason I did that was because a lot of the people in my family had not known, you know, they didn't know anything about my sexuality, I just didn't talk about it like that's just what I did a lot of my close friends knew but family wise I just didn't talk about it that's what I chose to do it seemed simple enough to me (laughs) but uh, on the podcast I was like you know what forget it we're gonna do this because again you gotta let it out and you gotta reach out to people because you never know who can reach back out to you and so my point in saying that is uh, I did that to let people know exactly, you know, let people know more about who I am and and what it is that I stand for and hopefully be able to uh, contact more people that feel the same way and hopefully, you know, heal them in the process of healing myself. And when I did it, y'all, I felt so good. I felt so good after I said that on that podcast. And I'm glad that the response that I got was just equally good (laughs) because I was so nervous to post that podcast but I was also really proud of it um it it just really put me on the spot and it's funny because like I can tell my whole life story to strangers to you guys you guys aren't my strangers you guys are my sisters but (laughs) and brothers because I know I got some men out there listening too but you know, it's so much easier to say it to people whose face I haven't seen or people who are not familiar to me. But when it comes to like the hard stuff, it is very difficult to really be true to yourself in front of your family. And let me know if anyone else feels this way, because sometimes I really do feel like I'm the only one, but it's so much harder because, you know, those people really care about you and you really care about them. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to make you feel away, you know. But this is my truth. And I, due to time, y'all, I gotta cut this podcast shika short. <laughs> but I've had a blast with y'all. I really have. It's been amazing. And don't forget to look out for me on the next Sunday brunch session. That's gonna be in two weeks. Y'all get it by now, right? Two weeks. Every other Sunday, sit down for Sunday brush with your girl, Nikki T and anyone else that's willing to join us, all right? See y'all later.